Welcome to Uncut, the Makers Podcast, with your hosts, Alice, Atia, and Juliet. Happy New Year, everyone. Our first episode of 2021 is sponsored by Lamazzi Fabrics. Lamazzi is an online boutique for dressmaking fabrics, indie sewing patterns, and haberdashery. They've got so many good fabrics, so whether you're looking for sustainable fabric, designer, print, plain, stretch, woven, they've got it all. So make sure you have a look. You can find them online at lamazifabrics.com, that's L-A-M-A-Z-I, fabrics.com, and on Instagram at lamazifabrics. We're going to be talking about whether crafting is sexist today, but first I'll just say hello to my lovely co-hosts, Atia and Juliet. How are you? Hi. Hello. Well, thanks. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, what have you both been making? Well, can I go first? Because I have finally found some fabric for my Bakerloo blouse. I don't know if everyone still remembers that we've got ourselves, should we call it a challenge? It's not a challenge, is it? So off. (laughs) So off. (laughs) (laughs) So I found the fabric for it and I have cut into the fabric now. And I think, do you know, would it make sense if I did or if I do, maybe I could do it live on Instagram, the sewing on our Instagram. Oh, that'd be good. Live. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Sewing it up. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit fiddly, the, you know, the frill on the collar. Ooh. I guess a bit fiddly. Is it? You might need to do a, here's one I did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> what fabric have you gone for? It's just the cotton fabric, 100% cotton. Cause it's, yeah, so it's just plain, plain white, 100% Ooh. cotton fabric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just need, I think I need a white blouse to wear with jeans and wear inside mm. a, like a, a pinafore or whatever. Anyway, yeah. You yeah. over to you, ladies. How are you? Yeah, good, really. So nothing much new, really. Just I was trying to get through a lot of extra, a lot of work before the holidays. So I've got a bit of time free with the kids and so on. So amazing. Now I feel like I've got a bit more time to do, get things made. Good. But not made anything exciting. What's on your list? So on my list, I've got the five Bermud rear coat, the jacket. It's like a long jacket type thing. Oh, you know, I don't know if you've seen that around. People are just making out thick wool flannel sort of thing. It's, it looks like a, just an oversized shirt, basically, but made in a thick wool. I so that's on my list to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's quite a few people making those. And also a cord dress. So I don't know, like if you, Alice, you remember we did this thing with, making things out of toast toast styled clothes mm. like the like the shop but obviously not with toast prices so, yeah. <laughs> so i had uh, this dress that i liked from there which is like a cord shirt dress but like tiered like a wilder gown oh yeah. so so that's been on my list i bought the fabric i think in february so i want to make okay. it and then it got too warm so i didn't make it but now i want to make that again okay oh exciting mm. good plans what about you alice so I made, I'm almost done. So I hacked, so I love the Coco Wawa honeycomb dress. Mm. I wanted one with a proper collar on it. So I put the collar off the named Sarasti dress mm-hmm. onto it, which was a bit fiddly. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I had to like retrace it all and stuff. For, so the collar fit, but it was one of those ones, you know, when you're making it, you're like, I really don't know if this is going to work. But it, it all came together. and Yeah. Really pleased with it. Okay, that's nice. And I have, I have my fabric for my Bakerloo blouse, but you two are way ahead of me. I haven't started it yet. <laughs> but 
but I will. <laughs> yeah, so we actually have a guest with us today. We have Mike, who is on Instagram at The Crafty Gentleman. Some of our listeners might already know him. Hi, Mike. Hello, hello. How are you? Hi, Hi. good. Thanks for joining us. Hey, oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. I've been listening to this since the first episode, so oh, really? I feel like I'm in Yay. my phone now, actually in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you make your crafting journey yeah oh god right where do I start so my crafting journey started as I'm sure with many listeners right back when I was a child I used to just be obsessed with crafts making anything and everything and pretty much 20 plus years later I just haven't grown out of it so (laughs) hopefully I'm a little bit better now but I'm still basically that that kid at heart just making anything that I can so I'm a multi-crafter. I tend to mostly do sewing and cricket crafts and paper crafting, but I also dabble in woodwork, leather crafts. So basically anything and everything that I can try. My kind of idea is why stick to one craft when you can do everything? (laughs) (laughs) Good philosophy. And you are very good. I love watching you. Thank you. Thank you. There's been a lot of trial and error over the years, but I guess, yeah, I've kind of spent all of my all of my free time in in crafting so I've just picked up lots of different interests here and there over the years Mm. wow you know (laughs) okay so which would you go for like what's your favorite out of you know paper wood leather cricket and so yeah oh god you know I've I've been asked this question quite a few times and I never know how to answer I need to think of like a stock answer don't I because it always always throws me I think if I had to choose, I probably would choose sewing. I think I do love sewing. There's just something, I think it's so quick. Machine sewing, I'm talking about hand sewing. I can't be bothered with that. I'm too lazy. I'm too impatient. But machine sewing is so quick and satisfying to just run a stitch through something and turn something into something completely different or new. I find that really satisfying. Mm. And it's also very practical as well. Obviously, you can wear what you make. You can you know, put home furnishings around the home. You can do pretty much anything with sewing. So... I tend to spend most of my crafting time doing that. So if I, if I had to choose probably sewing, but it would be, be a sad choice because I love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so what we wanted to talk to you about today is crafting sexist. So to kind of get the male perspective on it, because I think it's fair to say it generally is all aimed at women. So kind of what's your, been your experience of it? Yeah, so it's quite interesting, actually. My whole kind of entrance into the crafting world was due to the sort of gender imbalance actually because back when all through my sort of childhood and teen years I was just crafting just for fun and you know trying little bits of everything and then I got to kind of my late teen years probably around the time that I was just going to university when I was around 18 and I, I kind of wanted to step it up a little bit I'd kind of taught as much as I could to myself and sort of figured it out for myself and I was ready to maybe take some classes or join some groups or just learn a little bit more about crafting from an industry perspective rather than just a hobby perspective. And I just, I got met with just this wall of pink and florals and twee and girly and kind of old lady style crafts, which I know it's not not the best phrase, but I think it it kind of summarizes at that time what the crafting industry was. Every haberdashery I went into, every crafting website was just so clearly aimed at either old women or kids it seemed so it, mm-hmm. that's that's how it felt anyway and I felt really really just not welcomed in a weird way and not in an intentional way definitely I don't think that it was mm. an intentional choice I just felt 
this is not what I'm interested in. I want to sew, but I don't want to sew dresses. I don't want to sew just with these pink and floral fabrics where are the kind of more muted and sort of neutral fabrics that just didn't seem to be there. Mm-hmm. So kind of like any good millennial, I guess, I started a blog and I thought, you know, what, I'm going to just not so much address this myself, but I'm going to document this myself and start doing my own thing just in case there's somebody out there that might like it and it might be a good way to meet these people and to create some new contacts and yeah that was back in I think 2013 around then so ah, yeah that's seven years mm, later that's when it's... I started sewing <laughs> oh really oh amazing god you've, you've gone a lot faster than me you're a lot better than I yeah, am in yeah, seven yeah. years <laughs> so yeah it's kind of just all snowballed from there really and I do think the industry has moved on massively potentially also I've just got a lot deeper into the industry so I'm seeing it from a more nuanced perspective but I do think that Shows like The Sewing Bee and even The Bake Off and The Pottery Throwdown and all of these shows that are really showcasing the diversity of people that do these traditional crafts and arts are diverse, really diverse. Mm. Men, women, old, young, with different interests, different backgrounds. And that's amazing. And it's, I've definitely noticed this really strong shift to a younger crafter as well. I don't know if you guys have noticed this over the mm-hmm. past few years. So it definitely feels like the industry's changed or changing for the better, which is brilliant. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, so I was because I was I was just about to ask you how you like what you think it's like now, but you've just answered that question. Yeah. I, I've noticed this kind of shift towards these, you know, like kind of traditional crafts, like you know, shops like Merchant and Mills and Ray Stitch and places like that, where it's kind of very traditional crafts, but not in a girly sort of not in a sort of very overly feminine way. It's more like looking at natural materials and sustainable materials and that kind of thing. And I think that those types of shops, they feel much less gendered, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it's not yeah. so Neutral. aimed at, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, yeah, you're definitely right. I think, yeah, they've completely changed really how accessible it is for a different variety of people to get into that. And I think the whole kind of gender neutral or kind of almost interest neutral, just having something that you can throw your own perspective onto a little bit easier rather than kind of ramming it down you with these the pinks and florals and the bright colors that only take you in one direction i think that the industry is becoming a lot more open to the fact that more people want to get involved with this Mm. Um, so yeah i definitely think you're right you know i mean i think youtube has really opened a lot of people's eyes and shown people more crafters of different Mm. you know different backgrounds, different genders. And I love watching male YouTube videos, like YouTube videos by male crafters. There's this, I think he's a designer as well, like clothing. He, he creates denim, like jeans, and you would watch him create it right from the beginning all the way till the end. Oh, wow. And I enjoy watching those types of videos. Mm-hmm. Also woodwork. I love watching woodwork videos. And I mean, that there aren't many women who are into woodwork from like, I mean, watching, this is watching, like watching real life, real everyday people create these different crafts and share their journey on YouTube. When you watch those people, you get a different perspective and get to see what other people do and you get to see other people who do these things. So I think social media and YouTube and that type of thing and blogs have really 
try to demystify these crafts and get people of all genders, different backgrounds to see Mm. that actually you're welcome to (laughs) do it. I teach kids and it's so cool because I have children who do, who are into origami. I have boys who are really into sewing and it makes me so happy. So, you know, I think there is a new generation of every, like people of any background mm-hmm. and any gender, you know, yeah. crafting. And I, I, do, I just hope it continues this way. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. you're doing such a great job, Mike. I love, oh, thank you, Juliet. Thank I love you. I love getting your news. Sorry, I'm fangirling. I, oh, yeah. I did the same thing when I saw you at the... the oh, yeah, the Stitch Festival. Oh, Mike. Yeah, oh, that was so nice. <laughs> I love getting your newsletters, you know, your mail. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, it's so it's so difficult with emails. I just feel like I'm just emailing into a void. I'm like, is anybody reading yeah. these? So that is nice. Thank you. How do you find it at in-person events? Like, obviously, we can't do in-person events at the moment. But like, if you go to... A show or something like that mm-hmm. do you feel that that again is also still very much geared towards women yeah I do generally yes in a weird way I kind of support it because that's where the majority of the market is so I'm aware that that that's kind of how it has to be they've got to cater to their main target audience and the bulk of the audience but I do still feel there is almost this hangover of that more twee side of crafting in most of the big events even some of the the kind of younger and cooler ones that are coming through they still very much have a strong spin towards quite hyper feminine crafts, which is fine. I don't want to be, I don't want to sound obnoxious. I know that, you know, I'm a white man. I don't have it difficult. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about being marginalized there, but it just, what saddens me is I think back to me as a teenager, when I felt that moment of feeling isolated and excluded, and it kind of breaks my heart that there might be other guys out there that don't follow a career path in sewing and crafting because they just think oh well it's not for me and I can't break into that and that's kind of where it really starts to make it kind of spurs me on to keep going and try and reach out to these other crafters that are guys and there's so many guys out there that are doing amazing things and to kind of champion them as well yeah I think you touched on actually it's really important to get the younger generation for them to so I've got two boys and I remember a few years ago taking my oldest to like one of the big toy shops and he was always quite crafty and everything in the craft section was pink and glittery Mm. and it was girls on the box being like BFFs that kind of thing and he you know and it would be like a picture frame that you can make there's no reason why a boy and a girl couldn't be on that box that packaging everything was pink so he was just he didn't want anything he was like none of this is for me Mm -hmm. so he left empty-handed and it just kind of like squashed that side of him and he wanted to be creative but there just wasn't anything out there. Yeah, yeah, it's so sad. And I, I definitely think the industry is changing, which is great. And I think, Juliet, you touched upon it perfectly with the rise of social media and YouTube. And there's just so much more media that you can access rather than just TV and mm-hmm. traditional advertising and the big shops, the big high street shops. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's, it's becoming so much more almost democratic. It's making the industries more democratic and more open to people changing them. And I think there's this whole new wave of younger crafters coming through because it, it works both ways. You touched upon it before about how not many women do woodwork. Actually, I do follow a few female woodworkers online and that's great because again, that's the flip side of what I've been talking about as a man getting into traditional soft crafts works the other way but equally it might be that there might be women wanting to get into crafts that hate pink for instance and Mm -hmm. hate kind of like girly prints so yeah I think it's only a good thing that it's encouraging more people in 
Mm. Are there any crafts? Well, I don't know. There might be. Do you get inspiration from any male designers or crafters or I don't know? Are there any? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Inspiration. Yeah. So I think, I mean, well, there's, there's loads, too many that I could mention. I think the ones that first come to mind from a sewing perspective, people like Ricardo, who obviously you, you know very well, Juliet, he's incredible. What he does is amazing. Just how creative and inventive he is in garment making. He was definitely a big inspiration for me getting into garment making this year, actually. That's been like my lockdown project, really getting into garment making for the first time. He is like, you are about to, he's got, his head is going to burst. I will be sending this clip to him. Oh, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) and then yes outside of sewing there's people like mr cross stitch jamie who oh mr x stitch actually i think he pronounces it jamie so he he's taken this really traditionally feminine craft of cross stitch and embroidery and has completely flipped it on its head and has owned it and he is now i mean he calls himself the kingpin of cross stitch and it's so (laughs) true he's amazing he's a boss at at cross stitch Mm -hmm. and rightfully so but he does it Mm -hmm. in such a new and inventive way and for me that is like ultimate inspiration you can just take something that is so traditionally set up to not include you and just just yeah. own it and just completely change it he's good is it him he promotes a lot of other cross stitches as well yes, doesn't he, he so does. you could just go to his page and find 10 others exactly. who are brilliant it's not just all about himself exactly yeah called? yeah mr Cro- mr x stitch i keep saying cross stitch mm. so just mr and then an x and then stitch mm. okay okay yeah he's really cool Oh, that's amazing. He is. <laughs> I'm probably like fanboying over all of these people. Like, he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> Any others who we should be looking out for? So a friend of mine actually, Zach from Paper and Wood. So I say oh, friend yeah. of mine. I feel like I'm friends with him. Must be doing yeah. that on Instagram. I don't know. Maybe he might think the same. <laughs> he yeah, does so amazing he's... birds, doesn't he? Yes, incredible. Yeah, really, really it's incredible. Intricate. Yeah, insane. So really, really lifelike birds made from paper and wire and wood and just beautiful. And again, he's just taken this very simple craft and completely owned it, just done his own thing with it and completely just dominated that craft. And it's beautiful what he does. And he's, he's doing some really amazing things in the craft world. Hmm. Okay, well, thanks. And do you know of any, so say we like sewing magazines and craft magazines are generally all female Mm-hmm. based you know all the patterns that come with them are just for women are there any really strong male craft publications out there or blogs that you'd recommend not that i know of to be honest in terms of publications so yeah if anybody does have any suggestions send them my way or I we just... stumbled upon a niche a gap in the yeah, market uh, here, true, <laughs> true yeah exactly but yeah i mean I, to be honest i don't subscribe to any craft magazines i occasionally get molly makes and the occasional other ones i don't subscribe to any for that reason because mm. i find more than 50 percent of it is just it's not something that i'm interested in making i enjoy looking at it and i really appreciate the skill and the kind of artistry behind it but realistically it's not something i'm going to make myself so yeah i guess yeah to answer your question there aren't any that i know of but maybe there are and it's just slipped me by yeah know. but that speaks volumes yeah. itself doesn't it yeah. but, well mm. I, I came across one. Name I one. Oh, i don't know if you've come across one called hole and corner as a magazine I mean, I haven't actually looked at it, but I think it is more of a craft magazine, Mm -hmm. but more traditional crafts, sort of like, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what, like traditional leather crafts and 
those sorts of things, craftsmanship, if you see what I mean, right, rather, than, yes. rather than specifically sewing patterns and that sort of thing. But I, I have seen it around and I keep thinking maybe I'll, I'll you know, get a copy and see what it's all about because it's very beautifully printed and kind of a bit like a toast, you know, like you get yeah. these things from toast where it's yeah. like a little oh, catalogue. Yeah. It's that kind of style. So I'm quite intrigued by that one. So maybe oh, that's nice. That sounds really cool. I'll definitely yeah. check that out. Yeah. Mike, what, what are you currently working on then? What's anything going on? Yeah, so I've actually recently got my first book deal, which is oh, wow. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody knows how to write a book, then please tell me. <laughs> so that is <laughs> Yeah, oh yes, please send tips. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of taking up most of my time right now. So pretty much any free time I get where I'm not doing sort of deadline stuff that I need to get done, I'm chipping away at the book, which is very exciting. But right now I've got more than six months until my print deadline so I'm kind of in that that honeymoon stage where I'm like oh yeah this is great I'm just writing my book I'm living the dream but I know that in a few months time I'll be having a meltdown can you you say what it's about I can say that it's a sewing book and that's all I'm allowed to say it's a particular sewing technique but I'm not allowed to say until it goes to print unfortunately it's really annoying I feel like I'm being such a tease Can can you tell us if it's targeted towards men only or is it like everyone it's everybody it's mm-hmm. not specifically to men no mm-hmm. okay okay it's very interesting exciting. Mm. <laughs> yeah. it is really exciting i love watching your cricket videos like getting ideas so okay so i have a cricket joy and you probably oh. already know my woes <laughs> with creating with the cricket and whenever i'm like stuck about you know when i don't know how to use the cricket to you know personalize my makes i just go onto your page and look oh what was he made oh. what's he done oh, thank you <laughs> oh well let me know if you do get stuck i'm here to help with cricket i do a lot of work with them so hopefully i can help mm. yeah yours is really useful actually i think you just explain things really clearly rather than it being like here's a thing i've done you're like here's how i did it so because oh, i found i thought with the cricket it seemed like everyone else just instinctively knew how to use it because i got a joy as well i found it quite tricky and then mm. there were things like i didn't know about carrier paper and i just put this thing i think in my stories and i was like i can't do this and everyone else can and it, it was narissa pratt who messaged me and she was yeah. like yeah you're meant to use this stuff <laughs> so she sent All me right. some i didn't know about the carrier paper you're meant to put oh, on no. it and, mm. yeah i think the thing with cricket is me. Once you know how to cricket, it's really easy. They make it so intuitive, but you do just need that little nudge to do your first project. And the, I mean, there's some great resources online on the cricket websites, but yeah, I think that at first it's terrifying because it's this really powerful machine with this really complex technology. But actually, mm. once you've done it, you'll realise it's actually, yeah, I get this now and I can start mm. to learn a little bit more. Yeah, I just have to get past that first mm. hurdle, I suppose. My, my sisters are big fans of cricket, so they've both got makers and one of them, she does this party decoration stuff. So she always makes like a custom, like designed sign and everything for whoever's party is. And I've somehow managed to resist getting a cricket so far. So I need to mm-hmm. probably have a look at your account and see if you can persuade me to get one. Oh, yeah, you should do. Or just, <laughs> just nick hers. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she won't notice. Oh, put yeah, it in your pocket. All the so time. I don't think I'll get away with that. The cricket joy is so tiny, so easy to mm. take from my sisters if she has. Yeah, well, they, cool. they have makers and they look very oh, intimidating to me. They look like a, I don't know, big. They're like a spaceship, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. They've got, and I don't know, I'm not very good with sort of like design programs. And I feel like it looks like you've got to learn, you know, some 
Photoshop thing or something. To no, it. no. If you can, if you can use Google Images, then you can use that. It's super oh, okay. easy. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Mike. We were speaking about influencer marketing. And I think that was from last episode. Was it last episode, ladies? Or before last, yeah. Before, yeah. So we were speaking about, well, we were asking about each other's thoughts about influencer marketing. And we were speaking about it from consumer point of view and as an influencer or content creator's point of view. And wanted to know what are your thoughts about influencer marketing nowadays? Yeah, I think it's incredible. I think it's amazing having seen the influencer industry appear from the online influencer industry appear from nothing over the past few years. Obviously, influencers have been a thing since marketing began, but this new guise of online content creators and online influencers is just so new. And it's amazing how like our sort of generation has just taken technology and used it for our own gain almost and just really owned it. I think obviously there's kind of negative connotations to it all the time. And it's so easy that people slate it because they see reality TV stars doing quite, sometimes doing quite soulless things and calling it influencer marketing. And I think people think that's what it is, which all of us on the call know it's not. I think if you've got something to stand for and some some value to give. Yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So I always try not to think of myself as that. I try and think of myself more as kind of an online teacher and a professional crafter is how I usually refer to myself because I craft and I teach people how to craft. Mm. And sometimes I'll work with brands and I'll teach them how to use that product mm. for a crafting yeah. purpose. And that kind of fits in quite nicely. So yeah, I think, I think the influence industry is amazing, but sometimes a, a few bad eggs can tar it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think that what you were saying before about things being more represented on social media or you know it does allow people who are not from a non-traditional background to also work in the industry in a way when they wouldn't have been able to access it previously Mm. yeah yeah definitely exactly it just opens it up it just like I was saying before it kind of just makes it more democratic and more open everybody's got the same tools because they're Mm -hmm. free so Mm. it's up to you to use your creativity and personality on how you want to use that yourself Mm. yeah takes away the barriers doesn't it yeah. yeah, adding value so key. Mm. Mm. Oh, good to hear your perspective on it. You kind of you're really succinct, like covered so oh. much. In a... <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm rabbiting on. Like, oh no, god, no. I don't know if they said anything for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with kind of making crafting open to men and women, what would be your kind of hope for the future? I think for me, it's to inspire kids and younger people to get into crafting and continue crafting into adulthood as well, rather than thinking growing out of that. You know, it's not for me because all the all the craft shops and the craft sections of even supermarkets, the craft sections is just all kids crafts that they grow out of it. And particularly for men, old you know, actual men rather than kids to feel that they can take it up as a hobby as a serious mm. hobby in the same way that it might take up a sport for instance and mm. feel quite proud of it i mean interestingly things like knitting knitting actually was once a gentleman's pastime it was exclusively for gentlemen like there were really? guilds of knitters that only very like high class men could enter and they were mad skilled like crazy stuff it's insane the amount of detail they got in their knitting and then just somehow over time it's now become very stereotypically a kind of more of a granny craft which it clearly isn't Mm. so I just think it it would be refreshing if one day 
if a man or a boy wanted to do some sewing or do some crochet, then that's just the same as them saying, I want to go and do football or tennis or something. Yeah. And they want to go, oh, really? Yeah. And it's not a surprise. Yeah. Mm. Or just even just like on the train, just get your knitting out. I actually had a really weird experience last year where I was on a train and I had some knitting with me and I felt embarrassed to get my knitting out. I was like, oh God, I feel oh, weird. No. and that's me. I, I, I've been running a craft blog very publicly for years and I felt really weird about it. I was like, oh God, people might see me. Yeah. In the end, I forced myself to do it, but I just worry that there are people out there that won't force themselves to do it and lose interest in a hobby that they could really get a lot of pleasure from. Yeah. Mm. You know, the way you said, you mentioned the way they would carry on playing football and I mean, or sport, any sport at all, that's for their physical health, but crafting is good for mental health. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to do both to keep body and soul together. So I I think Mm. that's a good hope for the future. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming and talking to us, Mike. It's been really, really interesting hearing your, your perspective. Oh, good. Thank you. I feel like that's gone really quickly. <laughs> can you share where we can find you on social media and your website? Yes, sure. Yep. So I'm The Crafty Gentleman across all platforms. So Instagram is at The Crafty Gentleman and my website is thecraftygentleman.net or if you search for The Crafty Gentleman, you'll find me. Mm. Okay. Mike sends good call email email oh yeah oh yeah i'm gonna sign up for this oh thank you i definitely don't do it as regularly as i should like once a month maybe so i won't spam you but (laughs) (laughs) he won't spam you (laughs) no thanks everyone and yeah thank you to our listeners for joining us again and we hope to see you again next week you can find us on instagram at uncut podcast underscore see you next time Bye. bye bye bye